Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. But what John is essentially saying is that Antichrist false teachers, they make their way into various local churches claiming to be Christians, even as they spread their heresies. However, he says, eventually they end up leaving the churches and the fellowship of God's people. And in doing so, John says, they reveal that they were never saved to begin with, never converted. And this, John tells us, is God's way of exposing these individuals as unconverted heretics. And thus, by doing so, the Lord protects the rest of the church from having any contact with them. Most of us have never imagined that there could be unconverted, heretical, false teachers standing up in churches and spouting out false doctrines every week across America and across the world. The church is not protected from the attacks of false teachers who are sometimes called wolves in sheep's clothing. Far too many people will buy just about anything if the salesman is persuasive enough. The devil doesn't convince us by showing us the tragedy of a life apart from God. He tries to convince us that we could be lukewarm toward God and keep our old lifestyle. He sells us a brand of Christianity that has a slick package on the outside, but has no life-changing substance on the inside. I wonder how many people have bought into this version of Christianity and missed out on the new life that Jesus wants them to have. That's why I'm so glad you have decided to listen to Verse by Verse today. We're not trying to hide the source of our teaching. It comes straight from God's book, the Bible. Pastor Steve Kreloff, pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel, is our teacher. These are not his words and his teachings. Everything he says comes straight from the Word of God. If you can, have your Bible open while you listen. You'll see for yourself. Of course, if you are driving and listening, you'd better keep your eyes on the road. Check it out when you get home. Lakeside Community Chapel is a great church where loving people worship God together, sharing God's truth with the world, and serve their community through the love of Christ. If you are looking for a good church, come by and visit us. The directions and service times are on the website, lakesidechapel, all one word, dot com. Or call us at 727-441-1714. The church is easy to find, right between US-19 and the beaches in beautiful Clearwater, Florida. It's time for today's message. Here's Pastor Steve. But let me give you the big picture. You can write this down, because in weeks to come, this is what we're going to focus on. True believers relate to the truth of God in four ways. Number one, believers know the truth. They know the truth. Unbelievers don't. Secondly, believers believe the truth. Unbelievers reject it. Number three, believers remain loyal to the truth. Unbelievers apostatize. They depart from the faith or the truth. And number four, Believers understand the truth so that they're not deceived. 
unbelievers don't understand and they try to deceive. Now, we want to look at the first way that all believers relate to the truth. If this is the way you relate to the truth, then it's because you're saved. If not, then you still need to be saved. The first way that all believers relate to the truth is that they know the truth. Verse 18, children, he writes, it's the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it's the last hour. Now John begins this section by informing the believers under his spiritual care, whom he calls children, that they were living in dangerous times, which he identifies as the last hour. Now by last hour, we need to be careful to understand that John isn't telling them that they could expect that in a, in a few days, Jesus would return. These are the last hours, and then he's coming back. It's not what he's saying. According to the New Testament, the last hour, or words to that effect, is a description of the entire span of time beginning with the first coming of Christ and ending with the second coming of Christ. Let me show you that. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, the writer opens his letter by saying, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, he just means that God communicated his truth to, uh, through the prophets in a variety of ways. And, and at times, he says, notice this, in these final days, he's spoken to us in his son. In these final days, the writer, the inspired writer, calls the days of the church age the final days. It means from the time of Christ's first coming until he comes again. That's the final days. Right now, these days, we're living in the final days. We are still in the last hour. It's the time between the first and second coming of Christ. Then Second Peter, or First Peter rather, chapter 1, verse 20. Peter says, for, speaking of Christ, for he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. This age is the last times. Then in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, Paul weighs in on this. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, now these things happen to them as an example, meaning the Old Testament, and they were written for our instruction. They happened in Old Testament times. They were written down for our instruction upon whom the ends of the ages have come. He means New Testament era Christians. That's us. So John's readers were living in the last days. And so are we. We're living in the last hour. And one of the characteristics of this present age, this last hour, we're told by John, is a high number of false teachers whom he calls Antichrist. That's a characteristic of this present age. Many Antichrists, he said, even now many Antichrists have appeared. Now, what John means by this is that the age that we are presently in is marked by a rise in false teachers. That's what he means by Antichrist. And folks, think about this. Have you ever wondered why now, since the time of Christ's first coming, 
why are there so many false teachers? Why do they keep being poured out upon us? Why? Well, let me answer that. The reason for such a high number of false teachers today, meaning this present age, is because Christ's entrance into the world and then his subsequent death on the cross stirred Satan, provoked him. It aroused him, if you will, into intensifying his opposition to Christ and the gospel by raising up many false teachers who teach things contrary to the truth of God by denying the message of Christ and salvation. That's why there are so many false teachers. It's Satan's intensified opposition. Yes, he opposed the truth before Christ came, but not like today. A plethora of false teachers. Ever wondered why false religion just flourishes today? Why there are so many false teachers all around the world whose teaching is in direct opposition to Christ and the gospel? It's because Satan is behind them, trying to dissuade and prevent people from hearing the truth and believing the gospel of Christ. He is the author of confusion. He is the author of falsehood. Jesus said he is a liar and he's always been a liar. Actually, this large volume of false teachers during this age was predicted by Peter. Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, he predicted this. But false prophets also arose among the people. He means in Old Testament times, there were false prophets, just as there will also be false teachers among you. It means they're going to come in to the church who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon them. Peter predicted that in this age, there would be false teachers. Now, when Jude wrote his letter, which is very similar to Peter, the false teachers had arrived. Peter said they're coming. Jude writes, they're here. In Jude, verses 3 and 4, we read, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith. That's the truth. The truth which was once and for all handed down to the saints as the Lord inspired the apostles and they wrote it down. That's, that's the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. He writes, here's the reason why. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed. They've crept into the churches, slithered in, if you will. Those who were long before marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turned the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So Peter says they're coming. Jude says they're here. And Paul taught that this entire age of redemptive history would be marked by false demonic teachers. Paul wrote Timothy and said in 1 Timothy 4.1, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the latter times, that's what we're living in, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Some in the church who were never really converted are going to follow false teaching. Now notice the ways, we go back to 1 John, the way that John expresses the appearance of these many false teachers. 
He says, you have heard that Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that it's the last hour. John refers to a coming figure in world history whom he calls Antichrist. This is the same evil ruler of the one world government that John wrote about in the book of Revelation. Only there, he referred to him not as the Antichrist, but it's the same person. He refers to him there as the beast. John says, you have heard that Antichrist is coming. Now, how would John's readers have heard this? How would John's readers have heard this? I take it that the book of Revelation was written after 1 John. So how would they have have heard this? Well, they would have heard it primarily from the scriptures, although the apostles taught it. But the Old Testament book of Daniel speaks of the one who makes a truce with Israel and then breaks that truce and makes the temple desolate. It's called the abomination of desolation. We've studied this just a, a few months ago, a few weeks ago. Then Jesus referred to this man in his teaching in Matthew 24 about the abomination of desolation going back and tying in Daniel. And Paul wrote about the Antichrist, didn't call him the Antichrist, called him the man of lawlessness, 2 Thessalonians 2. So the readers here, they would know about this man that John here calls Antichrist, which means literally opposed or against or in place of Christ. In context here, it means against Christ. But even though he hadn't yet arrived, and he won't be revealed until the seven-year tribulation period begins when he signs a false peace treaty with Israel, John tells us that this age now will be marked by many false teachers who share the same spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit of hostility and opposition to Jesus Christ. That's why he refers to them as Antichrist. There is one man known as the Antichrist, but there are false teachers who are Antichrist in spirit. And John says their very presence among God's people now, denying and distorting the truth about Christ, proves that these are the last days as Satan increases his intensity in opposing the gospel. It just proves that we're in the last days because the opposition is so strong. And one of the distinguishing marks of these antichrists, John tells us, is that they eventually leave the fellowship of God's people. Look at verse 19. He writes, They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, They would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. Now, this is really, I understand, it's a mouthful. But what John is essentially saying is that Antichrist false teachers, they make their way into various local churches claiming to be Christians, even as they spread their heresies. However, he says, eventually, they end up leaving the churches and the fellowship of God's people. And in doing so, John says, they reveal that they were never saved to begin with, never converted. And this, John tells us, is God's way. God's way of exposing these individuals as unconverted heretics. And thus, by doing so, 
the Lord protects the rest of the church from having any contact with them. Now, that's the the big picture of what this verse is saying. As I said, it's a mouthful. But let's break this statement down by by John and consider the various truths that he's teaching in this verse about false teachers. First of all, John tells us that false teachers are planted by Satan. They're planted within various local churches. Shouldn't surprise us because quite a while back, we studied in Matthew 13, a parable given by Jesus that taught us that Satan drops the tares, that's false believers, amongst the wheat, that's true believers. And now we learn that some of these tares that the devil drops within churches, he does so in order to spread lies about Christ. At first, no one's suspicious because these people appear to be genuine believers. Because remember, tares look just like wheat. They talk about Christ. They talk about the Bible. And like genuine believers do, they may even give some type of testimony about coming to faith in Christ. They may get up in church and give a testimony at their baptism. However, once these antichrists get a foothold in the church and they begin to articulate what they really believe, perhaps even through some kind of teaching platform or position, God's people recognize that what they are teaching is wrong. It doesn't have the ring of truth. And the church then rejects and repudiates their teachings. And when God's people rise up and begin to oppose and denounce the teaching of these antichrists and say, no, that's not right. You're wrong there. These false teachers, John tells us, inevitably end up leaving the church. They don't work through their differences. They leave the church. Now note this, when John says they went out from us, he doesn't mean that they merely left one church to join another church down the the block or in a different part of the city. No, by saying they went out from us, he means they left us the true community of Christ followers. That's what he's talking about. In other words, they left the fellowship of God's people. They no longer identified themselves with biblically orthodox Christians and what we would call today evangelical Christianity, which is really biblical Christianity. And although they may still refer to themselves as Christians, and often they do, their departure from those who believe In true biblical Christianity reveals the truth about them. They were never genuine Christians to begin with. That's what John is saying. They went out from among us because they were never really part of us. In other words, they showed their true colors as unconverted unbelievers by their withdrawal from the fellowship of converted believers. They withdrew. They had to. They had no place in the church. God's people wouldn't tolerate their teaching. You see, if they had been true believers, they would have never left Orthodox Christianity. No, they left because they realized they didn't belong. Now, they they probably didn't say that. They probably thought, no, you're all wrong. I'm right. But I'm too spiritual for you, so I'll leave and go somewhere else. They left because they didn't belong. Since none of God's people tolerated 
their errors. So they left, and in doing so, they probably did, and this is true throughout history, they, they always take some gullible, unsaved people with them as they form their own church or own religious group. But that's all right, John says, because John tells us that God has a sovereign purpose in all of this and allowing these antichrists to come in amongst his people and then leave. He says, here's the purpose, so that it would be shown that they're, they are all not of us. In other words, this is God's way of unmasking these people for what they really are, heretics. And this is God's way of protecting the rest of the flock. They leave. See, the, the departure of false teachers, by doing that, it makes it clear to the rest of the church that none of these individuals were ever saved, nor did they really belong to Jesus Christ. Now, all of us need to understand that just because a man has a platform or a teaching position in a church doesn't mean that he's a man of God. Doesn't even mean that he's a saved man. We need to recognize that God at times does allow Satan's ambassadors to come into various local churches and expose his people to heresy. That's precisely what happened at the church at Corinth with the Apostle Paul. False teachers came into that church and not only did they teach error, but they tried to turn the people away from the Apostle Paul in his teaching. They said, Paul's not a real apostle. And they attacked him. They said, he's not even a man of God. He's a schemer. He's a liar. Never keeps his word to you. He's taken money from you. He has a secret life that you don't know about. They were trying to turn the church from Paul and the teaching of grace and from devotion to Christ and the message of grace. Let me show you this. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians 11. If you've never studied 2 Corinthians, I urge you to do it. It is the it is the book in the New Testament in which we see more of the heart of the Apostle Paul than any other book. It is a book in which he exposes his heart. It is a book in which he is very transparent. He loved these people. They didn't always love him back. And Paul was deeply hurt and moved in his love by the Corinthians. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 11, starting at verse 2, For I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I betrothed you to one husband, so that to Christ I might present you as a pure virgin. He said, I I introduced you to the Lord. I founded this church. I brought you by God's grace to Jesus Christ. He says in verse 3, though, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity of and purity of devotion to Christ. See, it wasn't just devotion to Him. He was very secondary. It was devotion to Christ. I've never liked the word gullible. I wouldn't want to be described that way, nor would I like to have my church referred to that way. It seems like we all know a lot of well-meaning people who sit in our pews Sunday after Sunday who are, sorry to say it, gullible. They may listen to the Bible message at our church, and then flip on the TV and listen to a contradictory message and not be able to tell the difference. Now that is scary. They should know better. If they have the Holy Spirit and have been transformed by the truth of the gospel, they should be able to tell the difference. 
It is possible that they have never come to know Jesus Christ in a personal way. Maybe they just have never grown in their faith and are only infants in their Christian walk. In either case, they need help. That's one of the reasons why a ministry like Verse by Verse is so important. You can count on the fact that we will always teach the clear and consistent truth of the Word of God. We're not going to change our vision or our ministry. We need you to pray for us that we will remain true and faithful to our calling. We need your financial help to be able to keep getting the word out. Our ministry is supported by our listeners and our partners. If God lays it on your heart to give a gift to this ministry, we want to help you to be able to do that. You can go to our website and give online. And that website address is firstbyverseradio, all one word, dot O-R-G. You can also mail it to Verse by Verse Ministries. P.O. Box 5884, Clearwater, Florida, 33758, or you can call us at 727-239-0306. Our website also has lots of very helpful resources available. You can sign up for our quarterly newsletter, and you can download any of the messages for free that are in the archives. If you should want to order an entire series of messages on CD, just give us a call. We are so thankful to be able to spend this time studying the Word of God with you today. Don't miss the next message in this series. For Pastor Steve and the whole team, this is Jerry Pruden saying thanks for listening. We hope you'll tune in next time on Verse by Verse. Verse by Verse